Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'll say thank you for being here, Lisa. Um, We were just speaking off camera and you asked me what was my original goal with starting the podcast. So just to kind of start off on that foot, my original goal was one, I thought it was just a good way to have conversations with people that I probably would not have spoken to. Mm -hmm. That was the way it started. Now it depends. My end goal, I haven't quite figured out, to be honest. I'm one of the believers of imperfect action over Mm -hmm. perfect inaction. Is that how it goes? Done is better than perfect or taking imperfect action. Yes. I'm still (laughs) sort of figuring out the fine tune, like the fine Mm -hmm. points of it, but one aspect is one, I want to promote other people because I do have a pretty good following specifically here in Atlanta at this point. So one to just like make the people the hero and, you know, push that and speak to people that I normally would not have spoken to because I've learned so much. The other day I was speaking to someone that used to be, um, he's an EOS implementer. Yes, yes. And he worked for Xerox and like IBM and someone that is the head of business for Google. So like being able to pick their brains where it's like, I would not normally be in that sort of situation. But so that's kind of where it started and I'm still working on nailing it down. Um, But the end, the other little caveat is I'm trying to speak to more either, doesn't have to be a business owner. It could be someone that's in a nonprofit. That's why I kind of stuck with the impactful leaders mm-hmm. where it doesn't necessarily mean private. It could be activists in the community. I've spoken to some people that do more nonprofit work and are trying to become more like mem- a more active member of the community. So mm-hmm. that's kind of it right now. But how would you recommend someone to start a podcast? Because I know you have yours as well. Yes. And actually that is one thing I help people with, but Andrew, what I hear in what you're saying is the impactful are probably people that are purpose driven. Like they're, they're into what they're doing, whether it is in their business or in their nonprofit is to make an impact in the world. And usually those are purpose driven, but to answer your question, you know, how would you go about starting a podcast? And and I want to encourage people, you know, there are, um, about 4 million podcasts right now. And right now, and I just recorded an episode, a solo episode uh, last week that I believe it's 33% or something like that. Somewhere in that range of podcasts don't go past three episodes. So already when you look at that, like the numbers dwindle, but the number of podcast listeners are increasing exponentially every month. And one reason people love to listen to podcasts is because you can do other things. You, you know, you can you can be driving, you could uh, run or go on a walk, you could be doing things around the house or yard work or something like that. But what I advise people 
when they think about starting a podcast is first of all, why do you want to do it? Right. Why do you want to do it? Is it you want a way in a platform to work on your content to see what's important to you? Mm. And that is one of the reasons I, I did mine. I found out that there are, you know, three topics I'm very passionate about. Um, my podcast is called Your Passion, Purpose, and Personal Brand. So no mystery what what topic <laughs> I'm, I'm passionate about, right? But also I wanted to have a chance to inspire and educate people that they could do more with their lives, that they they have potential. So in my interview episodes, I want to bring on people that will do that to, to kind of spark ideas in other people. So first is, you know, why do you want to have a podcast? Second is, are you willing to commit to do the work? And I think many people have no idea. They think it's, oh, we'll just turn on, you know, a Zoom screen and start recording. But, you know, as, (laughs) as you know, (laughs) who's going to show up on the other side of the screen, right? (laughs) Yeah. What's the what's some of the work that you've been surprised at that goes into a, a putting together a podcast? I would say the prepper. I mean, I didn't realize how much preparation should go into having some mm-hmm. guests. Like, to be honest, some of the people at the beginning, I just it's more of like a conversation. I specifically had people on I knew, but then once you start going down the line, uh, I believe you will be like number 28, 29 mm-hmm. around there you start going to have people that you don't know. So then you have to do some research. You have to start listening to other podcasts that they've, they've, that they have done, or if they've read in a book, like read part of the book, at least that way you have some idea of Mm -hmm. like where you're coming from. And then it's more than just, uh, (laughs) so it's more than just, Hey, can you tell me about how you got to where you are? Because that right there takes up half of the time usually. Right. It really does. But yeah, you're exactly right. And you know, for me in a podcast, if I'm going to dedicate my time to do it, I want to make sure that whoever I'm bringing on as a guest, I am featuring them in the best light, yep. giving them a chance to promote what it is because they're, I'm not paying them to come on, you know, they're not charging me. So there, there has to be some value transfer in that. I think also when you have a podcast, There is no better medium to build your personal brand, because if you think about it, the person is speaking usually into your earbuds, right? That's a very intimate conversation to where you start knowing that person. And when you interview somebody on a podcast, so for me, as either a consultant or coach coming in, I can give them an idea of what it's like to work with me by the questions I ask my guest. And it gives them a a sampling. Oh, if I worked with Lisa, this would be part of my experience. So it gives them a a chance to try it out. So again, why are you doing it? Um, And then, you know, the time involved in it. And what do you hope to do with the product when you're done? Is it something that you can use on your website? Are you going to transcribe the episodes? You can use it for SEO on your website. Um, there's so many things you can do. You can build a YouTube channel with it. So podcasting is an amazing platform, but one thing I want to encourage people is do not jump into it until you know three things. If you're committed to doing it, what is the purpose of your podcast? 
And what is the content in your audience? So like, what, what do you want to talk about? And the, and the audience that you want to speak to, like, who are you, who are you uh, wishing to serve in that? When do you think is the right point where, so you have those ideas, at least you have something and you're starting. When is the right point if it changes? Because there are so many podcasts that I have listened to mm-hmm. and they go through like these different phases and they get better. The quality gets better. The studios are better. The guests are better. But then also like the narrative of what they're talking about, the topics are completely different than how it started. Mm-hmm. I've listened to some that have been on for like almost uh, like seven seven or eight years and before it's just a few friends joking around and now it's turned into this whole nother thing how do you know when to to change and what because you're gonna possibly lose some of your audience Mm -hmm. or how do you navigate that then yeah so what I would imagine is when you lose your energy and excitement about doing it your audience is going to pick up on that so the time to change is when you feel the need to change, you know, and the reason you're doing it, is it your audience, you know, like in a pandemic, maybe the audience that you had before the pandemic, the audience has changed or what they need changed. It might be you're offering different things in your business. But when you, you think about it, Andrew, as humans, we evolve, our businesses (laughs) evolve, right? And so there's nothing wrong with your podcast evolving. Um, I know a gentleman who's been on my podcast. He's had three different styles of podcast and he just switches up as his interests change. Um, So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, being able to have the conversations with the people that you want to speak with, like there's a lot of people who would love to be on a podcast. And so yeah. they're they're very happy to talk to you for that reason if they won't talk to you uh, for any other reason. I think some people get so caught up though in that having the perfection because they think, okay, my my podcast is named Impactful Leaders. I can only talk to people that are owning a business, whatever. And then maybe in two years, I can't think of anything divert, like specific enough that I wouldn't be able to include them under this somehow. Right, right. But then I have all this branding, my, you know, my, the colors associated with it. I think that's what they, people envision that happening. And they're like, I'm just, I have to, I have to figure it out. So that's not going to happen. Well, and, and I think, you know, there is value in strategy. I, I'm a strategist. So I, before I even started, it was the same thing. Like I agonized over what I was going to call the podcast (laughs) And that's the other thing is you want your podcast to have keywords in it. So when people are searching for topics they're interested in that your podcast will pop up. Um, So there's a lot to think about it, but there is value of jumping into the messy middle and maybe trying some things out. And as you continue to record and you continue to have conversations with people, then that content that you really love or in you know really resonates with people like that will come to the surface and you say okay I only want to interview these type of people or maybe I'm going to do maybe I'm going to switch it up and maybe I'm only going to offer solo episodes that answer one of the top 30 questions I get like I do one episode each and I'm going to make them 10 minutes or less like I've seen a lot of people do that and really you know 
when you look at your business, if you want a podcast to really drive business, that's a brilliant strategy. Why, why would you bring on other people? Go ahead and feature yourself. Ask the answer the 30 most frequently asked questions in your business. <laughs> Post it on YouTube. You've got the SEO. Like, that's a great way to do it. I've seen some people starting to do that. And then they, mm -hmm. they'll take the blogs that they've written and make that into the episode and yes. then tag their blogs. And it's just the whole, it all, it, it all, all comes together. It all has its place. <laughs> so you, but you mentioned you're a coach, you help people start podcasts, you're a strategist. Mm -hmm. What do you consider? Like, what do you call yourself when you're are you a marketer? Do you consider yourself a brand strategist? And what does that entail? Yeah. So, so if you, if you look at my business card, it, it's Lisa McGuire, business growth advisor and marketing consultant. So really what I love doing, there's three different things I do. One is I will go into a business and act as a strategist, as a fractional CMO. So if a business does not have a marketing person, and they want to know the best way to market and come up with a plan, then I can help them do that. And then connect them with other people like you, Andrew, and what you do in your business, like you're able to execute on that and do it very well. The second thing I do is I call it a business growth launch pad. So whether it's you're trying to figure out how to pivot from doing the execution work to being a consultant, or if you've been in corporate and you want to become a consultant or coach, how do I put together an offer that people want to buy? Who do they sell it to? And what kind of message do we use to connect those? Um, so really, what do you need to know in your business where I can work with you a half day or a full day and we'll figure this problem out? to get you and break you through that hurdle that's holding you back. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I do, which I love doing, is helping people understand how to intentionally develop their personal brand. We all have a personal brand. It doesn't mean you have to be a social media influencer. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to have a website with your name on it. But what is it that you need to put out into the world to attract the right people to work with you. So where they see you as an authority, an expert, they like how you think, they like your personality, they like how you treat people. So those are the three buckets that I work in. When it comes to measuring the success for branding, what are you looking at? Because it's so hard to, it's easy maybe with Google ads, you just look at the ROI, there's some like actual metrics. What do you do for branding? Because I, I think we all know at this point, social media is instilled in us. We know not to follow the vanity ones. Yeah. Hopefully we know that. Mm -hmm. But what other <laughs> metrics are you following and what makes a successful branded campaign? Yeah, so what I would say as far as for personal branding, are you attracting the right type of clients and mm -hmm. are you sending the wrong ones away? So if through your content, whether it's... Um, on social media, if it's on a podcast interview, wherever it is that you show up in the world, if you're networking and you're out in public, if the if the people that are uh, attracted to you are the right type of people for you, you know your personal branding is working. If the people who are not a good fit for you are coming and, and they want to work with you, then your personal brand needs to be adjusted. There's some message you're sending out there that are attracting people who could probably be better served by others. 
Interesting. And then, so when you're jumping, as you start growing your personal brand, you're mm -hmm. starting the podcast, maybe you're doing TikTok. Mm -hmm. How do you stay consistent among all of those? Like between, not just the colors, that's like the easy part. Yeah. But you have the voice, you have the messaging and all of these have slightly different things. The way you're going to present yourself on TikTok is different than YouTube, Facebook, et cetera. Like how do you effectively manage that? Not again, not just the aesthetic, but all of the, the messaging across these channels. Yes. And, and you bring up a really great point, Andrew, when we say branding, like people immediately go to the logo, the fonts, the colors, you yeah, know, yeah. typography, like all of that. But it is in personal branding, it's particularly important that you understand what is the brand voice you want to put out there, which needs to reflect who you are. It needs to be authentically who you are. The worst thing you could do is create a personal brand to where people will see you online and then they meet you and you're not the same person, right? <laughs> kind of like an actor in a play. That would not be good. Um, but how you remain consistent is the first thing you need to understand is who do you need to be, who do you need to show up as to serve the person you want to serve and not who do you need to show up as, but where do you need to show up and how do you need to show up? So let me give you an example. Some of my best clients are people who left corporate and decided to become a consultant. So that is my story. So I am serving the person who I used to be. Now, the person who I used to be, that those people are probably not going to be looking for me on Facebook. They may find me there, but they're probably going to definitely be on LinkedIn. So that is one platform I know I need to be on. Facebook, they may find me, but I'm going to come in in a more relational way because that's what Facebook is about. TikTok, I've actually experimented a little bit with TikTok, but based on who I am, I'm not the person to dance and point to captions, but I am a person to, as I'm walking, I might give you a, a one minute tip. Yeah. So where you start with this is once you've defined who you are and how you want to show up, you have to develop a content uh, strategy of this is the these are the four or five pillars I want to communicate from, and this is how I want to build it into a content strategy. So if you happen to follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see, you know, I'll have a promotion and 30 days before I'll start talking about it so people can understand the why you need to do this and what it is, but the actual how you do it, that's what I sell. Interesting. And then, so when someone comes to you and <laughs> you see that disconnect, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people have issues though, trying to be who they authentically are. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you help someone get through that? Or how do you identify it? Like I struggled with it personally before I went, I was in Nicaragua, I could put on like multiple faces, like chameleon kind of. It wasn't until I was like eight years abroad and doing all these things that I was able to kind of pull the different parts and then figure out who I really was. Most people don't have eight years to sort of figure that out and then don't have those extreme <laughs> situations that I threw myself into. So like for someone that is just leaving corporate, they're probably have been in corporate for 20 years. So they may be older than I am at 30. Mm -hmm. So clearly they're sort of more established. Like how do you break that? Yeah. 
that like that hold that lock on it Andrew this is probably my favorite <laughs> question instead up of all time okay so first of all I experienced that when I walked away, I didn't have my job description anymore, right? Which mm -hmm. is what's happening with these people leaving corporate. They're not the senior VP of XYZ company. And when they go out and network and tell people that nobody cares, it's what are you doing now, right? So who am I? How do I figure that out? I take people through a process and it really to do it well at a minimum takes about six months. So one of the first things we do, we look at um, what are the stories they're telling themselves that aren't really grounded in reality, okay? Mm -hmm. And I do this through a program um, that is endorsed uh, by Positive Intelligence. I was trained as one of their coaches. And we start out by identifying the 10 saboteurs that we all have and what gets in the way. And so we do have a measurement on that. And we go through an eight-week program where we help you identify your two top saboteurs and we help you rewire the neural pathways of your brain to recognize when they show up and then how to tell them to go away, how to handle them. So that's the baseline because once you understand what's getting in your way and you know how to manage it, then we can start looking at, okay, how do I want to show up knowing that now I can reach a higher potential? And so that is my program called The Difference Is You. We do it in either a group coaching program or a one-on-one 90-day, -on -one 60-day, six-month, or even a full year where we figure out what are your values? What are you known for? What, uh, what, what are your ideas about industry knowledge? And what is your character? How do you want to show up? So we work through all of that process. It is truly life-changing and for so many people, and one of the reasons why I do what I do is there was a book written a few years ago, 2017, and it was called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And the very top regret in almost every case, it was written by this nurse who would work with people their last 12 weeks of life. Yeah. yeah. And their number one regret is I didn't have the courage to live the life I wanted and instead, I live the life somebody else told me to. So I want to help people break out of that because I don't want that regret. I don't know about you. Like, I want to live the life that I can live, right? So helping them figure out who they are and then align that with their work, that is really what my intent, that's what my purpose is. Uh, that is very <laughs> powerful. I'm still trying to like wrap my hand around it, my head, because it's so whenever you meet people and, and that clash happens, it's just, I don't, I, that's the part I've always struggled when talking to people, trying to get just the baseline. Now I'm just going to bring them to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Have you ever had spouses reach out to you afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then they want to go through it. <laughs> it's one of those things where I think some people don't realize how the authenticity isn't, it just doesn't show in business. It shows in all aspects of life. It's sort of like the book where I believe we spoke about it when we met a few months ago, the never split the difference. Yes. Like it talks about just conflict and it's used more in the sales process, mm -hmm. but then it's like, how are you dealing with conflict with your partner 
with family members, with people next door. And that just shattered my mind because then I started like analyzing as I was speaking in those situations. And it's like, okay, it's not just business. These things bleed in. And it's one of the weird things about being a quote unquote entrepreneur that you start realizing what actually is seeping in. Yes. 90% of our challenges in entrepreneurship are personal challenges. And so when you think about it, like that, personal development is professional development. Because if you show up confident, if you show up knowing uh, what you bring to the table, the value you bring to the table, and that's one thing that has happened over this past two years with the great resignation is people just woke up and said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not respected for what I can help my organization with. Um, I'm tired of making money because all my company is for is about making money. Like what good are we doing in the world? And it's not anything against these businesses because that's how our marketplace was structured. But that's why so many companies now are going to have to look at how do you lead moving forward? And it's no longer leadership by influence. It's leadership by autonomy and giving people a voice to be heard. Not that it's a democracy, but at least acknowledging that you have these incredibly talented people on your team and being able to put them in the seats where it makes sense. Um, you know, that's that's where we're going to have to go. So, you know, anyone who's interested in learning more about that, I do have a resource. Uh, and there was actually a podcast episode on it um, back in July. It's called um, The Culture MRI. And there's a gentleman named Ben Ortlip that has developed this dashboard that will give you a financial ROI on your culture. So CFOs will, will take note of that. So interesting. Let me write that down. That is so interesting. See, that's why these are one of the goals. You get that's all this why you have the conversations. <laughs> I really love the 90% of our challenges in entrepreneurship are really personal challenges. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't, once you, people, I think sometimes jump into it. They know that it's going to be tough, but I think they kind of overlook mm-hmm. the difficulties that really lie there. And then it really brings up all of your short, it your does. short ends. It does. It does. So much is mindset. When it comes to um, one of the other things I was talking about someone today is people are already talking about 2023, like today's already done. We still have 5% of the year left and it's December 12th as we're filming this. Yeah. And it's like people that are really hungry and hustling, like they're not going to give up on these next three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to have your plan and your brand strategy and all that in place for the year before you even hit December. But what are some of the things that you, you mentioned some programs that you're running in 2023. What are some of those that you have for everyone? Yeah. So, you know, one thing I've developed recently to really get people to think in a different way is I call it uh, the take back your life workshop. And so I've got one more of those uh, the rest of the year actually happens to be tomorrow, but I'll be offering those again next year, but take back your life. The whole concept of it is, you know, as we're growing up, we are given this script to follow and this role we're told we have to play, Mm -hmm. you know, here's, here's the recipe for success in life. But what happens is we follow that 
so strongly that we lose sight of who we really are. And then at a point we kind of wake up and say, wait, I'm not doing what feels right. Uh, that's why you're 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 seeing a lot of pushback with people just not being happy in what they're doing or they're not in the right place. They're searching for that. And so what I want to do with this is give people an introduction into understanding of, you know, you're not wrong in this. This is just something that happened to you, a script you were given. So how do you start looking at, okay, this is what I was told, but what am I supposed to doing? What is getting in the way? Helping to identify some of those saboteurs that get in the way and then giving them the tools to plan their year ahead that makes sense for them, not the all-in-one productivity planners that maybe don't work for you. There's yeah. a reason why they don't work for you, right? So you're almost like a business therapist at this point. Yeah, it's really, here's what it is, is I want people to stop the hamster wheel of chaos long enough to look up and say, is this making sense for me? Like, is this how I work best? If my energy level is high from three to five in the afternoon, why am I putting all my deep work, intense knowledge work from eight to 10 in the morning? Maybe reorganize your day that well. So it's really being aware if you're looking at business growth advisor, what do you need to do and how do you need to structure your business where it makes sense to work with you um, rather than what is prescribed? Interesting. When it comes to that, do you ever help people come up with like a yearly strategy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that would be one thing that we would work on in that business growth launch pad. So we would start out with a half day session with let's look and see kind of where you are. So doing your SWOT analysis, you know, that's very yeah. popular uh, of looking, let's see what the challenges are, what's working well, what do we need to throw out? And then let's come up with a plan on how we're going to go about this and then working through implementing that plan. It's so much more that you do so much more than just the marketing and the, and the branding. Yeah. But all of it, if you look at, Whatever the results are, that's all going to come back into how you grow your business and how you market your business and then the type of offers you create. Do you think there's a line between how much you share? Because I think there's almost a, there's a big trend happening now where it's like everyone shares the vulnerable side. And so I think some people take advantage of it. It's like almost too much. Where do you think that line is? Because this seems like the perfect journey to make content out of when they're working Mm -hmm. with you and they're kind of digging through all of this Mm -hmm. do you encourage people to do that or your second great question that you teed up to ask (laughs) they've all been great but I love this one because here's the here's the trick and this is why personal branding is so difficult people Mm -hmm. think oh all I have to do is just share what's going on in my life right yeah You've got to be very careful that you are always doing it in service of your audience. So it's not done to say, look at me, how wonderful I am. It is, here is something that happened and here is a lesson that I want to share so you don't make the same mistake. So the line that we draw is you share from your scars So what that is, is after you've gone through the difficult situation, 
after yeah. you've taken the redemptive perspective, you know, the perspective of, okay, this was the positive thing I learned, that, that's when you share. If you share when you're in the messy middle of it, it becomes more public therapy and people don't want to see that. It's it's kind of like driving by the road when there's a really bad accident, like you want to look, but yeah, you yeah. don't want to look. Yeah, yeah. 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 That type of thing. Like we, we don't, you know, rem remember on a LinkedIn, a few months ago, there was so at the crying CEO, you know, like people, I think I didn't, yeah. yeah, people did like, was that real? It may or may not have been, but that is something that people were very uncomfortable with because was he doing it for it? There's all kinds of things. So the whole thing, the, the line that you know, and the filter is, yeah. are you doing it in service of others? Or are you doing it in service of you? Goes back to that question. What's in it? What are you doing for them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what's in it for me, but thinking yeah. of it as, as the viewer. Yeah. That is interesting. Okay. That's good. That's good advice. Um, and here's, here's the thing. A lot of people can't do this on their own. They need someone to bounce these yeah. ideas off of. Yeah. Because it can get tricky. I think that's why everyone needs to work with some sort of business coach as well. I usually mm -hmm. tell people that are starting their business, once you kind of start seeing some headway, mm -hmm. some predictability, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to make it. Now I can start investing in myself. Get some sort of coach. Yes. Like everyone needs a coach to keep the blinders on. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're uh, going in the right direction. No great athlete or business person has not had a coach. I think the business people though, for whatever reason, they do hide it or mm -hmm. maybe they don't hide it, but they don't share it. Mm -hmm. It seems like all the Bill Gates and whoever else just kind of did it on their own. Yeah, usually they are in a group of like-minded business leaders or people who are a step ahead of them. Yeah. So that that's actually a podcast. My last podcast of the year on December 27th is find yourself a group of people who can make you better. Um, and how, how do you know, like, I've seen people go into situations and then it's sort of like, you could see the writing on the wall, but if you, if you need help keeping those blinders and helping you move forward, you may not, <clears throat> how do you know if those are like the right people to surround yourself with, or is it just one of those things you jump into it, you figure it out, then you step back. I, that's kind of the position I would take again with like the imperfect. Yeah. Well, and I think in most of those situations, you know, if it's a mastermind and someone is leading mm -hmm. the mastermind, if they're, if they're worth their, their salt, um, they're going to interview you and see if you'd be a good fit within the group. Um, they're not just taking you for your money. And I would, um, you know, suggest like, don't go into a group where everybody does the same thing and you're all at the same stage in business. You want to find people who are from different industries, perhaps, or people who are at different stages of their business that are ahead of you that you can learn from. Mm -hmm. um, but always see, you know, even if you're going to work with a coach, see if you can get a discovery call or even just book a, a 30 minute session with them because you may get in there and, and not like their vibe or yeah. They may not, like, <laughs> it is too critical of a decision for you to jump in and commit to a long-term relationship that you don't know is going to be a good fit. How do you, I guess my other question on that is, do you, I, it's probably personality. That's my assumption mm -hmm. is like, choose the person that you think 
that will help you. For me, I probably need someone that is some sort of balance between going to push me and kick my butt, you know, tell me when I'm messing up and not make it soft, but then also is somewhat friendly, et cetera. Some people probably need more of the friend side. Some people probably need more of just like the, the trainer at the gym, just like kicking your butt across the finish line. Right. Does that kind of match up? It's sort of like, yeah, it does know what you need. Yeah. And I will tell you for me, as I'm interviewing people to work with, you know, I want somebody who is uh, growth minded, uh, a lifelong learner and someone who is willing to take action. So I do not want mm-hmm. to take someone's money if they show up every week without, or every two weeks without their work done. Now, do does life happen? Sure, it does. But if you tell me you want to get to a certain place, I want to know what your level of commitment is. And one of the coaches that I work with, he will not take you into his program if your commitment is not a nine or a 10. If it's anything less, he will not work with you. I love that. You yeah. have to you have to be the one that set the bar yeah, yourself. Exactly. And if it's going to be your work, you don't want to have to be bring, <laughs> people bringing you down. Right, exactly, exactly. And so moving into that topic of 2023, what are some of the tips or things that you think small business owners or though that medium uh, medium point, what do, what should they do to improve their brand and marketing efforts moving forward? Yeah, well, I think, you know, where do they want to be at the end of the year is the question. Mm-hmm. If you look now, it makes sense. What do you, where do you want to be at the end of the year? And of course, what is it going to take to get there? But rather than, I, I come at it a little bit different way, rather than coming in and doing the rinse or repeat of maybe not what worked the previous year, is looking personally, what do you have to do to change your behaviors to make sure that you reach that goal? Mm. So maybe your goal is you want to increase brand awareness of your, of your brand. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want more people to know you. So how do you have to show up differently? And I'm talking about that person that you want to become. How do they go about their day? How do they prepare for their day ahead the night before? How much sleep do they need? What type of food do they need to eat? What type of activity do they need? What do they do in their spare time? What type of learning do they need to be in? And when you look at that person who they need to become and you start taking aligned action of how they need to act, then you've set the table for a really strong foundation. And you know that person time blocks priority for their vacations. You know that person has to take a 30 minute walk every day. So when they come back in, they're really focused. So how does that person have to behave to help them reach that goals? That's the foundation of where I start. So that's where I'd like to challenge people to think a little bit differently. Otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to turn the calendar to January 1 and you're going to do what you did in December. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that thinking I think you may be the only person I've ever heard in the as a in like the business marketing coach side ever say you have to first change the inside and then going back 
90% of our problems as small business owners you know, or business owners are the personal. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also like to challenge people to not think for the year where you want to get at the end, yep. end of the year, but you know, do you need to structure your, your year differently? So there is a book called the 12 week year where oh. you divide your year into 12 week sprints. Because here's what happens. We become very complacent when we think about, I've got this year to do this. And you know what happens? July 1st, you're like, oh yeah, I was going to do that. Well, I've got six months left. Then you get to August. Oh, we're going to get to it. And then the next thing you know, it's November and you're freaking out because it didn't get done, right? So that is a great way to look at it. Um, One year, I organized my year in 16-week segments. And what I did is I had a week off between each one for vacations. And so that allows me time to work on a project, three projects a year, 16 weeks, 16 or 18 weeks. And I got three really meaningful um, outcomes out of that rather than just coasting along um, as I'd done before. Have I just looked up that book. It also reminds me of, have you ever heard of Jesse Itzler's Build Your Life Resume? No, I have not. I can send it to you and I'll include it in the show notes as well. But what he does is I believe it's a big, 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 like plastic covered thing. And it has every single day planned out. And it's to have you go through. Mm -hmm. Obviously not plan out your days, but your kind of goals, what you're doing here. So I mean, Mm -hmm. I need to check that out because- one of the, I can't remember the quote off the top of my head, but it's people always overestimate what they can do in a year and they <laughs> underestimate what they can do in 10. Is that how it goes? I, I overestimate what I can do in an hour. So yeah. I, I know <laughs> <all of that. laughs> so I think this is like one of the perfect situations where figure out your one year, yeah. your hopeful five, and then maybe a 10 yeah. and then kind of work backwards mm-hmm. and, and break it down. Well, and I think you bring up a good point. You know, we used to do five-year strategic plans, but they backed off on that. It's too far. The world is changing so rapidly. It's silly to think we can even plan out past three years. Mm -hmm. So three years is about as far, but you know, if you look, the world happens, technology is changing. You know, think about, we would never have been talking about mental health and business just a few years ago. And now it's really a, like we really need to be addressing that because again, personal development is professional yeah. development. And then even this week, have you seen the news on all of like the chat GPT and the AI stuff? Yes. Yeah. It is. I've been playing with it this week, like Facebook posts for motivational, whatever, trying to get ideas mm-hmm. you know, to spark those things. But I've even seen people using it to write cover letters. Mm-hmm. I saw someone also in uh, South Carolina write a mortgage loan, like for every specific, and it was pulling laws from South Carolina law. Yeah, And it is just crazy. And I can't imagine what it's going to do for on the marketing side. Yeah. You know, you know um, when the AI software came out a couple of years ago, I started in with that, but here's, and I've got several friends that are copywriters and they started panicking, thinking our jobs are going to be gone. But at the end of the day, and and I backed away from the software, I I ended up um, letting it go is where people 
speaking with people. And that human factor will always be needed in it. Now, can you use that to get your information started or, you know, to start sparking some thoughts? Sure, absolutely. But it's just like, you know, when you're going to the doctor, you still need that human touch. You still need that relational piece. And particularly when you're when you're writing, you've got written communication that you're trying to engage with people on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. There's got to be that human nuance. Yeah. And um, Google, I know a couple months ago was talking about for SEO purposes. They, oh, yeah. I don't know how it knows, but it can pick up if it's AI written. Mm. And there, because that was a big thing. A lot of the agencies on the marketing side were using AI to write all of the blog content. They just go through and, you know, fix the mistakes now google's i don't know how they figure that out but it's against guidelines now well you know what that's great because if i'm going to write the copy from scratch i want credit for it (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to compete with a robot (laughs) no and it's too much like it can do way too much yeah yeah and then it also doesn't know the brand and all of that stuff too so that's like the perfect Mm -hmm. little mark where you are but we're coming up on the time, Lisa. If yeah. anyone wanted to reach out to you, listen to your podcast, find you on LinkedIn, your website, how can they find you? How can they reach out? Yeah, so it's real easy. So my podcast is Your Passion, Purpose, and Personal Brand. It is on every podcast platform that I believe is available. So you should be able to find it there. It uh, drops new episodes every Tuesday. And my website is lisamaguire.com. You can always reach me at Lisa at lisamaguire.com and my uh, LinkedIn is uh, lisa-maguire. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was wonderful talking to you and I will be sure to talk with you soon. Andrew, I really enjoyed uh, just having this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much.